0: Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke. Here in, Chi- well, I, I almost said I'm not in Chicago. I'm in my fiance Taylor's car. I'm sitting in the back seat. Uh, we're experimenting. We're on the road today. We're exploring. We're adventuring. Uh, 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 yes, very on brand for the for the episode this week. Uh, to the to the Lost City of Gold, which is really just a lake in Wisconsin, um, but it is. Uh, you know, a, a nice place, uh, and 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 who else? Who else is here? Who else?
1: It is just Katie here in Los Angeles, not going anywhere, not exploring anything, just compl- sitting here in my girlfriend's apartment, looking at all of her knickknacks.
0: Yeah, I, you know, which sounds equally fun. You know, some honestly, mm-hmm. I'm. That's one reason this movie stood out uh, to me is because I am the person that likes to sit in my apartment and uh, just like look at all my nice things instead of, like, Mm -hmm. going out into the scary world where the sun is and shit and having to interact with people. Uh, Not to jump right in, but... No, 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 no. I'm into it. I'm into
1: it. There's a great segue. We might as well roll with it. Okay, Um, good segue. (laughs) I have... Ever since you suggested this and I first Googled it, one, I was surprised to find out it had nothing to do with zombies. That was a real... Because for a while, like, with World War Z and everything... It seemed like Z just stood for zombies, no so way. I really thought this was going to be like some comedic horror piece, and it absolutely isn't. It's a historical, uh, biographical drama, and uh, then I was even more confused because I looked at the, the ratings, the, the reviews for um, this Lost City of Z or Lost City of Z, and uh, they seemed pretty positive. So I'm curious as to why you chose this for us to watch this week.
0: Uh, I chose it uh, Well for two reasons um, I chose it because uh, I saw it and I was like ah oh, shit I happened to watch it uh, I was just scrolling through Amazon And uh, I remember being intrigued about it when it came out Because I was like ooh Robert Pattinson uh, <laughs> even, though he's, even though he's not the lead It's Charlie Hunnam which uh, was He was phenomenal um, And I was like ooh I, I really want to talk about that with Katie Because I like talking about movies with her um, I hope I can, I hope people consider it bad and I just think it's amazing. And then critically, yes, it was very good, but I saw the audience score on, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so the, the, is actually only a 51. Oh, uh, okay. And so I thought, you know, sometimes, you know, what's the point of having a movie that, that critics love if, you know, make any money and the audience doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, this is a business after all This is an industry And I know it's an Amazon original So it makes sense it didn't make a ton of box office But, uh, still I thought that made it, uh, worthy enough to watch I mean, you made us watch Sing
1: Yeah, and, and but like I love I'm, Sing Well, I think Sing is bad Like, personally right. That's one that, like, when I watch it Every single time, I'm like, how? Like, why? Am I, because it's that movie is so confusing because it it does too, thi- too many things at once and doesn't stick to anything. And this is interesting because it just shows the differences of what people enjoy, I think, as moviegoers. Because I think that when this movie was originally coming out, it was pitched more like an Indiana Jones-style like adventure movie. Oh,
0: sure. And it's
1: not that. And I get it because there's a couple movies like this, like, uh, like Meek's Cutoff and that kind of ilk. Where it's like people going off to discover things, or people taking a chance on new lands, and it's it shows you that it's miserable and boring, and but that's to the to the character of what they're showing, like that's on purpose. But as a moviegoer, if you came in wanting like a big action piece, it it, it can be very disappointing to sit through this. And I thought this was a very long movie personally. But I I understand what they were going for. They were it was more like realism than anything.
0: Okay, well that was another reason I was interested in doing it for the show because I was really banking on you not liking it. because uh, I was sitting there I was sitting there watching it and I have to admit this isn't a movie uh, a sane person a person uh, a sane person should just throw on at like two in the morning because you'll find mm-hmm. yourself sitting at four thirty a.m. like uh, at the end of it like. It's too pretty for me to turn off and I'm way too invested at that point. Um, but it is it is lengthy. So are you saying you did like it then? No, no, I, oh, I did not. good, but well, I then, this is perfect. This is what the show's <laughs> all about. Lo- oh I, we're fine. I thought you were gonna s I thought you were gonna sit here and agree with me how fucking wonderful it was, and I was gonna be like, Well, it's a different show today. But good, you don't like it. So here we go. Let's <laughs> let, there there it I, is. So let's let's dive right in. N- Katie, why do you hate the Lost City of Zed, you hater? No.
1: i just it's this is not my cup of tea i again i understand what they were going for i've seen this kind of movie before it does nothing for me especially because uh it's supposed to be about this guy there, there are things that are dropped in this movie that are never thoroughly expanded upon like at one point it seems like this uh the main character percy played by charlie hunnam wants to go to explore these uh Places that haven't been charted out or mapped out yet because he wants respect from the British elite. And there's a throwaway line that suggests that he has some kind of issue with his parentage. And I thought for like like a full hour and a half that that was going to come back. That like maybe he was part uh, of like like part black or had some other kind of uh, he wasn't quite white from like way way back and that's why they didn't respect him or maybe he came from a different class but it never was brought up again it was like a like a throwaway kind of thing and then there's like these weird shots where like there's this there's this scene really early on where they're playing around with this dog but they don't show you the dog so I don't know if they just couldn't afford it but then you see it like in the last, shot of the scene like from really far away like the dogs coming back but like it, it's so weirdly cut and shot and I just didn't understand what was going on but mostly of course it's just because I don't like the kind of movie that's slow and miserable and boring even though that that's exactly what they're going for
0: I I have to uh, absolutely agree with the, with the sentiment that it's not it's also not my usual cup of tea I think maybe one reason I was able to jive with it so much is because I don't watch movies like this, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's not like I rushed to it. I remember watching this trailer in, like, 2015, like, in a theater and being like, oh, I might check that out. Robert Pattinson's in it. And here we are. It's almost you know we're we're knocking on 2020. So it's not like I rushed or anything. But when I finally threw it on, I I think the reason I was uh, so drawn to it is because I was so surprised by how enjoyable I found it. I felt I felt mad at myself for not seeing it. It felt like, uh, and I'm not super familiar with this director uh, James Gray's work. Um, So I didn't really have any concept of what to expect. And honestly, I also didn't do Sons of Anarchy. uh, So I don't Mm -hmm. have like a lot of Charlie Hunnam knowledge to base anything off of. I watched Undeclared religiously, like the one season of the Jed Apatow show where he's one of the main characters. But, you know, he is.
1: I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's one. He's one of the leads. He's Lloyd. He's the he's the the British actor. And he's really oh, funny and he's a total ladies yeah. man Yeah he's a charmer Oh my god um, that's awesome it, But I—that's Good really for all him ever, I'm glad
1: he's still trucking
0: Yeah he's killing it and he's been working forever And so like that was amazing And I also remember him famously Or maybe I don't know if it's famously but it's famous in my mind The weird headlines that I keep up there That like he was cast Well that's actually kind of interesting He was cast uh, 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 In Fifty Shades of Grey and turned it down I remember like he, he was cast And then he dropped out of the role um, probably for uh, the best Nobody had yeah. a good
1: time at that movie
0: And I remember that the other big rumor Of who was going to be cast was Robert Pattinson So it's funny to think that they were like They probably met up on that set and they were like Yeah good thing we didn't do that mate And he's like yeah good call We get to make our art pictures As, as Robert Pattinson's getting his huge fake beard applied
1: Yeah uh, Well I, you know I gotta tell you Like as, while I was watching this movie It became It, it made more and more sense to me a little bit why you w- wanted to talk about this movie because Robert Pattinson is really good in it
0: oh God he oh boy is, is he v-
1: weirdly believable from this time period and seems so much older than he really is throughout this entire movie like he carries himself with like a very weird maturity that He's seems like it's from the 1920s 1910s cost so Costin, yeah, he plays this guy Costin with these cool teeny tiny fuck. glasses and this big beard.
0: Oh, and he's such a he, man's man too.
1: He's mate. He's probably my favorite character in the whole film. He because he was he was a lot of fun. Um, Naturally, and uh, Tom Holland, our o- very own Spider Man. That's the other thing. I thought maybe you wanted to watch this because R.I.P. that version of Spider Man.
0: Ugh tom holland snuck up on me in this one i did not know he was in it until uh mm-hmm. we got like an hour and a half in uh because every time charlie hunnam percy fawcett goes away his wife uh has another kid yeah um, yeah no i was surprised no that's not why um whew, let's talk about sony and spider-man at the end i have a lot to say <sighs> okay um, okay uh but yeah that was that was a nice little uh a nice little interesting thing too we got to see Tom Holland with a mustache at the end which I thought was pretty awesome um he too played older than uh i thought uh uh possible uh at the end in my opinion um yeah for sure they, they uh this movie covers a lot of ground um i think i don't know uh another thing i really enjoyed about it uh is, is something you know just like i'm uh, very much not an explorer i also don't consider myself like a manly man and this mm-hmm. is this is a manly man story <laughs> like this is a dude this is a dude who like we start the movie with per- percival Fawcett, and he's just like killing a stag with a gun and then he's like oh we want you to we want you to explore this area for yada yada because the brazil and yeah it's at war whatever not important you need to go here i mean i'm sure it was important but uh, he uh, he hops in a boat and they like travel and he finds like that pottery and shit and he's like oh I need to come back here I need to explore there's a lost city of gold that I'm hearing about from these natives so we got this guy who's going on like mass expeditions into uncharted territory in a time where we were like it's just weird to look at like the early 1900s and like how like civilization is so vastly different in many ways but like to imagine a world where we don't even we don't even know like all the countries that exist yet. Like we haven't even spanned the whole globe. Like there's so much shit that hasn't happened. Uh, so there's that. And then it's like, Oh, in between my expeditions, I'm like, fuck you. And then I go fight in world war one and get blinded by like mustard gas or some shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like see my friends get like shot in the face. Robert Pattinson's there fucking fighting in war Two, And then to like, in your like old age like do another ballsy ass expedition to be like, I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm going to keep, you know, like, you know, trying to shatter the glass ceiling or whatever the fuck. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. And I thought Charlie Hunnam is like giving a fucking phenomenal performance in this movie. I'm buying all the, like uh, all the time lapses. I'm buying uh, uh, his grit and determination. I'm like seeing the struggle of a man who's obsessed with like, you know, the idea of, uh, of making his name one that is uh, like, you know, highly regarded in the, in the hallowed halls of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be a hero in topography, uh, what a dream, but, uh, he wants to be among the greats and the explorers and to, to have to, to have to worry about the struggles of mankind, of your country, uh, pitted against also wanting to be a husband and a father to all these children's and, uh, all these children and wife that you'll inevitably never see when you're always on expedition or fighting in wars. Uh, I thought he portrayed that, uh, really truthfully. mm and he had a cool mustache. Yeah, uh, a lot of I, mustaches.
1: Yeah, I do think that the performances were really good. I um, but I did find the writing to be a little weird at times. Sure. Like, like it seems like the movie, and this is a a very difficult line to walk. I think when you're making this kind of movie, is that uh, there were ideals of that time that are so different than where we are now. Absolutely. Or, and a lot of this movie has to do with. Charlie Hunnam wants to, as Percy Fawcett wants to explore and go back to the Amazon, because he wants to find this lost city. Because he also believes that there's a a whole group of people that are just as intelligent as the British, but are living in kind of this tribal lifestyle. And when he brings this to Parliament or wherever, they laugh in his face. And there are moments like that that feel cartoonish. And as somebody from the the modern era because it's it's there's a disconnect for me as a viewer because like that seems so over the top to me that i have difficulty connecting with it even though obviously there was that kind of uh racism at the time and belief that like britain was the best uh but i i think it might have been a bit more subtle than that i think the gatekeeping wouldn't have been being laughed at by all of parliament. I think sure. it probably just would have been like quieter scenes. So it's interesting that those were the ones that were so big. And I th- there were also times in this movie where I didn't feel tension, where I feel like I was supposed to. Like um like when they're being shot at by arrows or at the very end when they're presumably going to go get cannibalized. Oh, yes. The only thing was that I was like, oh, I guess the movie's over, but I didn't feel it. This movie, while it was shot very beautifully, and it did make me think about how interesting it would have been to live in a time where borders weren't clearly defined and that kind of thing and how I absolutely could have never been an explorer. It also I didn't connect to it on an emotional level and I think that that's a real loss.
0: I think that totally adds up. I I, I think that uh, it's it's hard to, it's also like hard. There's like this weird paradox going on where mm-hmm. like they're trying they're trying really 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 hard to portray Charlie Hunnam's uh, character Percy Fawcett as this uh, progressive guy who's not concerned about you know race and uh, some of that, and he he believes that these so-called savages could be uh, the key to to knowledge that we've never ever even thought of before. He he find, he he thinks of them as equals, as portrayed in the film, uh, and mm. stuff like that. But there's also the idea of like you know yeah, so he's a white savior. But there's also the idea of like why is it Britain's right to go try chop through the the Amazon and the jungle and uh, like you know find like find and discover these. Uh, if even if there was a supposed lost city of gold, like like maybe it's lost for a reason, I don't know. It's like they really really want to see- hero him up because he's got to be the hero of the story. And th- don't get me wrong, they I think they don't shy away from showing him as an asshole too. We see him slap his kid. We see him yeah. like constantly putting like uh, different causes over his family. We see him as a really like tough customer. If everybody else around this dude is saying things like that, it's hard for me to buy that Percy F- Percy Fawcett as a man in that time period wasn't uh, uh, maybe maybe not as Christ-like as he is portrayed here. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree because that I I struggled with a lot of that while watching the movie, and I I see I didn't have a problem with um having to think about why Britain felt like they had the right to. Draw the lines of what of certain countries that they didn't belong to because I do think that that's what they felt at the time. So that sure. to me, I, I didn't feel like needed to be explored necessarily in this particular film. It it definitely should throughout history. Every time we talk about it, we should be like, this probably this wasn't great, but it happened, and that's what they felt at the time. But I I didn't. They they tried to have the cake and eat it too, especially when it came to his views on feminism, because he. It, him and his wife seem to have had, like, this idea that their marriage was very equal. But at the same time, like, he's uh, putting her down and wouldn't let her go on the expeditions. And uh, they, they have that big fight. And I guess you could argue that that shows the complexity of saying that you believe in something and actually having to live it. But the way that it kind of played out felt kind of disingenuous to me. Like, like, like they, they were... I got I got what they were doing but it just never clicked exactly that uh that that kind of like who he was at that time like is he supposed to be super uh pro woman and very much a partner with his wife or is this all talk
0: but and also I you know I, I was reading about this movie and I heard there was like some I wouldn't say controversy but at least some like when this movie came out people were like Percy Fawcett was a nut. There's a lot of people that don't <laughs> really uh give him uh, his his fair share of respect uh even today. Um mm-hmm. and uh and I and, and I don't know enough about it to 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 dispute one way or the other. <laughs> all of my all of my knowledge about any of this is solely based on the James Gray film from 2016. Um But it's something I want to talk about because it all starts to get blurred together. I think I watched this in a fever dream. Uh, I was just like, ooh, (laughs) this is pretty and I'm enjoying myself. And I felt tense when he was going on Expedition. So there's basically, the trajectory of this film is basically Expedition 1, Expedition 2, World War 1, and then final Expedition, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, The first tribe that they meet are cannibals
0: the 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 with the uh with the dude who's whining with the shitty leg uh
1: um yeah like the first time that they run into a tribe and that charlie hunnam like gives him his hat like peter fawcett gives a dude his hat and then he tells him like the whole thing and oh they is that walk the first the expedition with the cannibals yeah man
0: oh but, fuck like, that was so remember cool. there's
1: that there's that dude on the spitfire and uh yes and he's like the Costin cannibals. is like
0: cannibals and yeah.
1: Fawcett is like, yeah, man, they eat their dead to like have their spirits. He's like, so oh yeah, he explained it to guy. me. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I remember. I was like, okay, my bad. They all blurred together to me, but mm-hmm. that was intensive shit. But in this last one, when it's him and Jack, they are gonna fucking die. It seems like they get like they get like uh, taken in by these things, and don't they lose the they lose the gifts that they were bringing for the people in the water or some shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, so when they finally get to this place it's like really scary like tom holland for as little as in the movie crushes in the scene because he's like he's like about to like he's like he's not like crying crying but he's definitely like about to cry and he's like he's like we're gonna die and it's like yeah oh, I, I just believe him tom
1: holland also is really good at facing death in a very scared way
0: oh this absolutely! this is the second time
1: i've seen him do that
0: oh he's 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 a scared boy
1: he is a scared boy <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to really quick point out another bit of plant and payoff in this movie because there is a lot of effective plant and payoff. Yes. Is uh, when they are hunting the buck at the beginning. That's for Franz Ferdinand, which kind of tells you that eventually World War 1 er, is going to like kick off. Right,
0: Good call. And then
1: naturally he goes to World War 1. mm call. Mhm. Uh,
0: another Anyway, another great piece of plant and payoff is, uh, when everybody's calling Charlie alone and being like, don't go on this, he's like, oh, we're gonna go, and when, uh, if, when, when we find it, I'll send back my compass as proof yes. that I found the lost city of gold, basically, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we see Jack and, uh, we see Jack and Percy get taken into this, like, the company of this tribe, and they basically look fucked, they, it, but it's left kind of ambiguous, we don't know that they're gonna die, but it seems like it, and years later, uh, uh, Percy's wife uh, Jack's mother Is like You know I think they have to be alive She's heard stories that They're still uh, Alive in the Amazon jungle And stuff with the, uh, Living among the tribes People and shit And the dude's like, nah, Mm -hmm. give it up. They're dead. And she's like, oh, by the way, I I received this or whatever. And it's the compass as to say that they did find the city and they did live. And I'm sitting there cheering at 430 in the morning. I'm like, they did it. They found the lost city of gold (laughs) in this absolutely fictionalized piece of the story that can't be true. Um, But maybe it is. (laughs) I don't know. It's based on a book. Uh, um, Yeah. My favorite question, the one I've been dying to ask you is, do you think they absolutely died?
1: Uh, Well, I think in the context of the movie, they didn't. I think in real life, they absolutely Okay, that's died. what I'm
0: asking. In real life, did, like, did they just die right away? They're mm-hmm. old. Jack doesn't know shit.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know if they got eaten necessarily, but I do think that, like, they came in uh, very idealistic, and then, um, I mean, I think it would have been risky to go with... Like you said, Jack is not um, a well-versed explorer, so I think they could have had very similar issues with, like, that happened with Mister Barclay. Oh, not shit. that, like, yeah. And also, I uh, when I was looking this up, they also brought along. This guy didn't make it to the movie, but Jack had a friend who went with them as well. Really. So you have like these two. Yeah, you have these two young men, and this kind of aging explorer who is no longer in his prime, going back to a place with cannibals and just piranhas and death and I think that it's very possible that they just got horrifically murdered like early on or just like couldn't hack the Amazon as it was just naturally
0: oh my god remember when that dude falls in the water and gets just shredded alive by piranhas
1: I sure do I sure do and later they're like oh they only eat what they need and I'm like I don't know they definitely killed that guy earlier that guy's
0: dead (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that that's another thing is I thought that like this movie uh, wore a lot of hats and in my opinion wore them really well you know you got your your're balancing mm-hmm. It's a period piece uh, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. a biopic technically um, it's mm-hmm. also like you've got to do uh, jungle movie you've got to do uh, you've got to do you know sets that are like you know regal and uh, back home in Britain scenes you've got to do war scenes Yeah. Uh, it's just a lot, of, a lot of moving parts, and I think it was artfully done uh, by the director and whoever shot this picture.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a very pretty-looking movie. I just, I don't know, as a viewer, and th- this is just kind of the difficulty in adapting this kind of story. I, I, I don't like being bounced around from place to place to place. And uh, going from Amazon to Britain to Amazon to Britain to World War I to back to the Amazon felt like a lot and at times like, like uh, there were times where going back to Britain seemed kind of unnecessary at least from the, the standpoint of like why are we here like, like, I get that it was to set up other pieces but it felt like the, the movie really just wanted like Percy to be in the Amazon so the, the scenes in Britain were kind of a drag but um I, th- I think that's just kind of trying to adapt the material that that's just what you gotta do
0: do you also think there's a difference uh, in, like, you know, in 2016 Amazon compared to 2019 Amazon? Like, you know, Netflix really uh, changed the game, and everybody was sort of nipping at their heels for a minute before, you know, becoming legitimate uh, e- equals uh, to uh, Netflix and uh, all that. So, like, Amazon Prime, I wonder if maybe they were like, you know, we can release this sort of globe trotting story that isn't your normal narrative or whatever. um mm-hmm.
1: uh
0: because we're not really we don't know what we're doing yet with this and we don't know uh as, like you know we were a company that wasn't you know amazon didn't start uh it didn't get in the game to be like netflix amazon was you yeah know, shipping packages really fast <laughs> uh but they have all this money yeah. so like i wonder if they were still kind of finding their footing and uh, deciding what to do with their medium uh, and that's why you get movies like this—movies that necessarily wouldn't break the box office, but would maybe get them uh, acknowledged for awards and shit like that.
1: Well, I know that this movie came from Plan B, Brad Pitt's company, oh, really? and that he—yeah, ori- he originally was gonna star in oh. it. Oh. And I don't know why that fell through, but I mean, they Charlie Hunnam did a he great was job, so that like totally worked yeah. out. And I can understand why this movie would be a difficult sell to a regular theater like I do think that regular movie going audiences would have a hard like I had a hard time with it like that's the whole reason why we're having this discussion is because I'm like I get what they were doing it's not for me and I think that going the route of Amazon even on an experimental way probably was the way to go because movies like this will find their audience eventually and you found, I found it. it, so I think it worked. It took out. me three years, but yeah. I found
0: it. it's a long con from Amazon Studios, <laughs> uh, and you know I also find when I see other Amazon Studio movies uh, in theater, I'm not always like, I don't know. I think they, I think that sometimes their movies uh, are, and while excellent, don't get me wrong, and they, you know, they get their mm-hmm. fair share of acclaim. I think maybe that they are making movies with the intention of you watching them uh, from the comfort of your home, because I. You know, that was a movie I enjoyed throwing on, but yeah, I don't know how much I, I, don't know what the difference experience would have been, uh, if I go at, you know, two in the afternoon for like 15 bucks in Chicago, you know? So I don't yeah, know, yeah, but I was sure. thrilled I watched it and I'm also happy, uh, you want to watch it. I'm also really happy you didn't like it. Uh, because, uh, I was really banking on that when I watched <laughs> so we it. Could talk I about was it. watching and I'm like, Katie won't like yeah. this, but she'll watch it. Cause she's a good, she's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: uh, I love that That now you're like, I hope Katie doesn't like
0: this. Uh, and well, you know, it's more fun if you don't like it, to be honest. Uh, and honestly, it seems like yeah. you responded. To th- it's not like I have to argue. Like, you responded to the shit that I responded to. I'm just like, I'm more mm-hmm. of an apologist if I like something. Um, yeah. I, I, sometimes I don't see the seams. And also, I'm a shill for anything Pattinson's in. I mean, show me a Pattinson movie I don't like. I dare you. Best of luck.
1: I got to tell you, you have made me a real Pattinson fan over the course of this podcast. He rocks. Now I'm always excited when I see him. I know, he's
0: awesome. You know, oh, another thing, one final thing I want to say that I appreciated about getting to see Charlie Hunnam and Mm -hmm. Pattinson star in this flick is uh, we finally got to see them just get to do their accents instead of like having to Mm -hmm. be American, uh, which I thought was probably really fun for them, uh, but also kind of a delight for me as the viewer. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's all I have to say about Lost City of Zed. You cool to move on to extra credits? yeah let's go oh one extra credit I guess that's tied to it I am now very excited uh, for Ad Astra speaking of Brad Pitt speaking of James Gray they must be buddies whoa what a weird uh, segue because uh, Ad Astra is basically I was describing it as Brad Pitt in space Um, but then I discovered that uh, the early reviews came out for critics and they were saying it's excellent Brad Pitt's amazing the movie is really interesting and beautiful and then I was like oh that was directed by the guy that directed Lost City of Zed now it's even weirder uh, because Brad Pitt was supposed to star in that and now he is working with that director um, a director that predominantly works with Joaquin Phoenix have you went through his filmography it's like on um, he, he's I did done not. like I'm upwards of like seven movies with Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> um, it's oh, crazy um, they, must, they must drive yeah, together they must really well um, so that's really cool, and it makes me really excited to see it. Um, have you seen anything cool lately?
1: I did. Uh, I've so I did go see Blinded by the Ooh. Light, and as predicted, I cried, I wept. It was a wonderful time, oh, yeah. and it was one of those things that like it wasn't just. Like, well, for one thing, there was the, the cries of, like, joy, because there's a lot of joy in that movie. And it's joy that I recognize because it's, like, finding an artist when you're a teenager and really connecting with them. And then it was also the joy of Springsteen. And uh, I grew up with some Springsteen. Like, my old man is a fan. So that kind of hit me. And But there's also, like, the the tears of, like... His dad doesn't want him to be a writer, and like that always wrecks me. Like whenever there's a dad character who finally like comes around to understanding his child, I I cry every time. Like that's a big hit for me at movies. So uh, I loved it. I thought it was. There's a lot of points of it that are really goofy and are super weird, and but it works. And I think the reason why it works is because it's sincere. And if if you're not jiving with the sincerity and the passion that the main character has for Springsteen it can feel a little lame but i i was with him the whole time i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i i highly recommend it it's probably my favorite movie going experience i've had this year so far wow
0: high praise was it similar to yesterday or was it different cuz it was based on a true story it's
1: based on the guy's real life um yeah, uh, the the writer he um, he was a big Springsteen fan, uh, Pakistani in Britain in the eighties, and he uh, it's all based on like his best friend makes an appearance and his family makes a, an appearance, and um, it's really about like that kind of blue collar uh, music that Bruce Springsteen has really connected with these kids who felt like they didn't belong in Britain and who experienced a lot of racism and just wanted to get out of these, like, small towns, like, really badly. And that that, this, that music is a reprieve. And I find that really beautiful when something that you don't expect to jive with someone else really does and really hits them home. And I, it, I was a wreck. It was an absolute wreck. I'm glad I didn't drink during it, because I would have been inconsolable. You got any other extra credits for me?
0: No. Oh yes I do One more extra right. credit I'm reading uh, Continuing on my tour of, uh, of reading famous comic book arcs That I may have missed uh, I'm reading Crisis on Infinite Earths ah. uh, in, uh, in preparation For uh, the big Arrowverse crossover On the CW this year They are adapting Crisis on Infinite Earths mm-hmm. um, That's uh, It's Marv Wolfman It's George Perez uh, It's as good as it gets in uh, comics And especially in DC lore um, and so I'm really having a good time diving into it. It's dense. It's really, really, really like nerdy. Yeah. Thing, you know what I mean? It is like because it's the entire stable of DC, and not just that, but the entire of stable, entire stable of DC on like infinite earths there's all these different versions of uh all these different characters and it's just a lot of plates spinning at once uh you know it's universes colliding in on one one another uh and uh all these heroes like trying heroes and villains trying to come together to uh to to try and save the, their earth it's, it's 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 awesome and i can't wait to to keep you up there oh on
1: fantastic it. yeah please um, do
0: um pretty good shit but uh I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Singer. Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks for driving me, Taylor. Say hi. <laughs> hi.
1: hi, Taylor. All
0: right. Have a good one, folks.